0: What's up gang? Thanks for joining me. We're all broke. It's fun. Isn't it fun investing? It's fun being in it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it goes without saying, everything's been kind of going sideways. We'll we'll talk about that uh, some more for sure. But where's all the money going? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's see where it's all. I don't know where people... I mean, outside of real estate. I don't know. Some boring energy stocks, shit like that. But... I mean, really, there's no safe place to hide right now, and it cash even worse. Inflation's higher. What's eight point five percent now? They were saying something. Who cares? It's crazy. I mean, you should care, but it's like, of course, it's 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 not. Inflation's not gonna slow down until we're all like dead broke, until like everyone is broke again. It's not because people are going to pay the, a price on shit. Yes, some like the income gap is going to get more obvious and some of the lower income people are going to get squeezed for sure. If not, I mean, already are. But as long as people can afford these prices, it's going to happen. I mean, flights are crazy expensive. Hotels, Airbnbs are super expensive. But I'll tell you right now, every flight I get on's packed. Every hotel I go to on, on a weekend, it's packed. The week, weekdays a little different, but that's always the case, but people are paying it one way or the other. They're making it happen. I think we'll be able to get it, especially when it comes to travel. I think that absurd, that upcharge is going to last through the summer. Like this is the real, the real, uh, reopening summer last summer. It was like, still a vaccine battle. Like what's, you know, it's open, but is it mandate vax mandates? Is it not? All that kind of thing. This year it's like, hey, we're back, let's party. Uh, flights are a thousand dollars no matter where you're going. <laughs> you know it's like holy shit. I'm looking at some of these flights I take coming up and like damn, some of these flights that are normally like a couple hundred dollars are looking at like six, seven hundred like crazy. I know I'm flying on some of these flights I'm flying on the more expensive days like flying in Friday out Sunday or out Monday. Those are the most expensive days to fly. I get that. But still, even still, ridiculous. So it's going to, but as long as people can pay it, it's it's going to keep, the prices are not going to go down while people are going to pick, people can afford to pay it. But I think it's going to only last for so long because eventually people are going to be fed up and run out of cash. And, but that's going to take some time. We got a lot of money. We just had the longest bull run in the history of the country. And it's starting to fall apart. And, uh, people keep asking me, is it a good time to buy in? Yeah, definitely. There's crazy prices across the board for everything. Is it the perfect time to buy in? I don't know. That's, that's dude. I'm, if I knew that I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Honestly, I wouldn't be doing a free podcast if I knew when to time the bottom of the market. <laughs> what? I wouldn't be doing anything. I'd be on an Island somewhere with my, my all my money from perfectly timing the market. But It is a good time to get a lot of great companies on the cheap. Is there more pain to go? Probably. But in the end, you're going to be happy about it for sure. This is like, I keep telling myself about like during these moments, I say it on this this podcast a lot where it's like, don't look at dollar amount in your account. Look at share count. Look at the intrinsic value of your portfolio. Look at the amount of shares you have and look at the all-time highs of those stocks. That's what your account's really worth. Because those will go back. Not all those companies. I'm not saying like... But in the ones that like... If you've been listening to me for any length of time. And you're investing in those. You're going to be fine. I'm not talking about some of these companies like... That are unproven. Yeah, that those might not come back. But companies that are actually making money. <clears throat> they're going to be fine. It's just... We're going through uh, you know, a bear market for a minute. And this is that... I remind myself of the Warren Buffett metaphor of this is just bar- barrels under the ice. All your all your stocks just barrels under the ice. You can't sell now. I've I know some people that have made some sales. Re- not anyone in my close circle because they wouldn't do this. So anyone in my close circle has been buying up stocks if they can. You know if they have capital, buying up the dip. But like, if you, um. You know, if not, again, again, this is one of those moments where like you can't sell. It's like why sell at the bottom? This is when I think of that Warren Buffett metaphor of barrels under the ice. Of like your your account is all all your stocks are just barrels under the ice, you know, and and accumulate as many barrels as you can before they pop back up to the surface, you know, because winter is not forever, you know, and so all your stocks right now you can't sell them. They're frozen, frozen deep under the ice. But while they're down there, add as many barrels as you can because they will eventually pop right back up. And when they do, bam, you're in business. Then you can sell and kind of harvest that a little bit. That's an old like Warren Buffett uh, thing that I remind myself of a lot during these moments where it's like kind of puts in perspective where it's like, okay, I got it. But it's just kind of like, you know, we're not going to do anything with it at the moment. And as bad as it is, as hard as it can be to stomach losses sometimes, it's you got to think, you got to remind yourself, Even if it was up, are you selling, you know, people could say, yeah, now (laughs) they're like, hell yeah, I would. But generally the answer to that is no, if you're long-term investing now outside of, you know, we're talking, this is all long-term investing stuff. We're not talking about day trades yet, but. You know, if you're just doing the long term and like, man, there's some amazing long term deals just across the board. I've been saying it for weeks. Shopify again, taking more hits square. Holy shit. Almost going into the 60s. Dude, this is almost this is April 2020 prices. This is almost covid crash level shit. That's crazy. Seeing what had happened, seeing what these stocks have done, what they're capable of the money they can make. It's all going to come back. Now, it's not going to come back as quick as it did during COVID, but or during the, you know, whatever, whatever that 2020, 2022, you know, 2020, 2021 period, it's not going to be like that, but we'll come back. And so I'm trying, I'm I'm trying to get as much capital as I can. I've been going hard with, you know, just living life. (laughs) So... I haven't been putting as much money to my brokerage accounts. Did this last week and bought a couple of stuff, like bought some NVIDIA, bought some Apple for long term. And uh I'm gonna try to but get some more. I'm putting most again, I reiterate, I'm putting most of my my cash towards options capital right now. But it's really hard to not get more of these great companies on the cheap right now. Airbnb's getting close to down oh, to a hundred. Nuts. You know, so it's just kind of getting a real dilemma of like, should I put more options, capital towards options or just pick up some of these on long? kind of doing both. And I'm honest, I'm, I'm kind of downsizing a lot of my stuff where I'm, I'm I'm trimming up a lot of like some equipment I can sell that's still worth some money. And then like I, I always talk about like getting rid of comic books as they appreciate. So I'm going through my collection and selling stuff off for cash because I'm like, shoot if I can get another couple thousand dollars out of my comic book collection and what's just laying around, uh, I'm going to use that to just buy up more stocks right now. <laughs> Cause why not dude? A couple thousand apple right now could be worth 10,000 in five years or less. So it's kind of a no brainer if you can find that. And I'm just trying to, to streamline my stuff. Cause I think I'm, I'm, I'm heading to the East coast here soon. So for, for more than, you know, for the, for the permanent, you know, uh, fall, winter, we'll, we'll, uh, We'll get that going. So I'm trying to just trim up all my stuff, so I don't have you know a bunch of random shit. I don't I don't want to move with more stuff if I don't have to. Um, but yeah. Also, crypto taking a, I mean, in addition to equities, you know, stuff. It's like crypto just getting a taking a huge shit, um, which is kind of like I still believe in Bitcoin and Ethereum everything else is just like i mean ethereum by the time this episode comes out could be down to fucking $500 um, it's now it's about to break 2000 uh below 2000 and bitcoin's below 30 now i mean bitcoin honestly might not find support until shit 25 sub 25000 20, now the way it's falling so I want to pick up more. I want to pick up more of everything, but luckily I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for more cash to come in because, and that might be to my benefits. In that meantime, I might have more time for this stuff to kind of take hits. This is crazy though. Cause it. it but it, it's also kind of exciting where it's like some of these corrections in bear markets go from like depressing to exciting. And I do change my mind sometimes throughout the day, but <laughs> to be honest, but this is getting to one of those points where you're like, Oh shit. Like, I can get a whole Bitcoin for like not that much money pretty soon. Like, if it goes down to 20,000, shoot, there's no excuse for everyone to have a whole Bitcoin, right? Get one, get a whole one while you still can. They're almost all gone. It's only 21 million, and I think 20 million are gone. So scoop it up. I, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's just, it is kind of annoying though because. It turns out that crypto is a hedge against absolutely nothing. Inflation is surging and Bitcoin is falling just as fast as the dollar. Faster. So that that's kind of a weird and, and annoying. And it's not going to give people confidence for the long term. We'll see how it surges back. But it seems to just move with the stock market. Which is, honestly, it's fine. It's just another asset class I guess I'm going to hold on to. But looking forward, you know, as it climbs back up, We'll see as far as, you know, what my price targets would be to get out of it. I always said around a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand, I'd start taking some Bitcoin out. But I know myself once it gets back up that big, like, no, we're going to a million. Um, but I do think that, you know, right around that hundred thousand, hundred and fifty, there'd be a good a good time to to maybe take some of that out and just put it into and not take it for cash because cash is still dumb. But I would just put it into some other stocks that I like. I'm trying to go heavier. Like, I have like nine companies I'm long term in. I want to make it to like five, slim it up a little bit. Um, well, uh, and again, but right now I can't do that. I can't sell again, barrels under the ice. I can't sell anything right now. And not that I want to. So, um, I guess this could be a time to like, if I wanted to, I could buy on margin but margin i don't want to buy on margin because it just like freaks me out if you don't know what it is don't worry about it it's not worth doing necessarily unless you really know what you're doing or just want to be more risky it's whatever you can do it basically essentially it's buying stocks on credit based on the equity in your account but if you it goes down you can get margin call we have to deposit more money in your account to leverage it so it's like i talked about it a couple weeks ago when elon maybe even yeah two weeks ago when elon was buying twitter he put like 12 billion of it on margin and but had to leverage like some 60 some billion worth of tesla shares to do that but i did see this last week that he reached out to some other folks in the tech world some other tech billionaires larry ellison is helping fund his twitter bio uh his twitter buy uh, I think Ellison gave him like seven billion, something like that, for that Twitter buy. So that reduces his margin debt down to like six or something, maybe a little less. I forget what exactly he's giving. Him. It's around like six or seven billion. Ellison's giving him, and so that's going to reduce Elon's margin debt. Um, famously, if you don't know, Larry Ellison, founder of Oracle. Um, interesting to see him doing that. What if what if what a interesting thing it would be to, to have that kind of like I don't aspire to be a billionaire like of course I aspire to have uh you know a good chunk of money but billionaires doesn't you know motivate me but it's just funny to see the lives they live where it's like yeah why not just throw a few billion to help this guy buy a social media platform because uh yeah whatever I mean I'm sure he has his reasons obviously but it it just seems like it's just I, I I kinda respect it though. I always say it's like I regardless of how you think about like Elon buying Twitter, and I've made my points about it on previous episodes, but regardless of how you think about it, it is just funny to be like, Well, that's what you should do if you have that kind of money and you're like, Well Twitter's annoying, well I just buy it. It's like uh like that old movie blank check. it's a crazy reference like four people have seen this movie like uh, I think Macaulay Culkin was in that movie right yeah I think so maybe not I think I don't care enough to look it up but the kid gets a blank check and I think he writes the check out for like a million dollars and this is like a 90s movie and so like a million dollars and he's like puts like a roller coaster in his house like all this stuff like a million dollars Like looking back like you know, the million would have been spent on just a roller coaster looking back. Um, but that movie is what it reminds me. When I see billionaires do that, I think of like, oh, they're just being the kid from that movie. But as adults. So it's fun. Like, I kind of respect it. You know, it's like, whatever. Do your thing. But uh, you're just kind of being like a rich child. Um, and again, I don't care. It doesn't really affect it. Again, like. I said, like I said, what I wanted to about Elon buying Twitter, at the end of the day, Twitter's not that big of a deal. Most There's not many people on Twitter who gives a shit. Like, we're not going to control, like, you know, if he wants to put more people on there, bring people back, whatever. Who gives a shit? Misinformation's everywhere. It's not our job to police it. It's our job to educate people enough to know the difference. Uh, because you're not going to stop misinformation. You're not. You're just not. It's impossible. At this point, the way our... The way information moves, the way the internet is set up, the way social media is built, it's just impossible. You're never going to stop it. In the in the pursuit of stopping misinformation, you're going to overstep your boundary. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. So there you go. Um, moving on, dude. Rivian continuing to eat shit. I what that stock went to one fifty, one seventy. Uh. <laughs> I remember making jokes about it during college football season in the fall. So uh, it was very high around then. I was kind of saying how to I, – I wish I was more into options back then because I would have just shorted the shit out of it along with a firm. I remember calling a firm to be basically not worth so – I was saying sub-100 when it was at 150. Now it's like 20-some bucks a share. That's crazy. But it's a it's – honestly – it's a good lesson for a lot of people to learn, especially if you're newer to the market and you're taking hits. It's a red badge of courage, man. Like when I when I went through the COVID crash, that was like the first major crash I dealt with as, a, as an investor. And so it's like, you know, you look back on that and it's rough, but you can kind of be like, well, I was forged in fire. You know, I traded through this. I can look back on that. So it's like when there were crazy volatile days the last few years like it was nothing compared to the covid dip or even now like this sucks but it's like well we've been there before and worse and who knows what's going to happen What you know you just never know what can happen but it gives you that experience kind of gives you a little bit of thicker skin um but again rivian to eat shit uh let's see what rivian stock is at. i don't even i didn't I haven't looked at it um much recently until this last week because I know Amazon took a shit because of it um, yeah revenue down to 80s wait wait what twenty dollars a share <laughs> from a high of almost 180 180 dollars a share to 20 bucks in a matter of months beautiful. Not even six months. Wow. Amazing. Uh, but again, I've said this. I've talked shit about Rivian since the beginning. Dumb that Amazon put money into it. That's hurting my Amazon investment because they're losing. They're getting. They're taking shit earnings. They're, they're losing. They're digging into profit from their good business, the side, the good side of their business, because of their Rivian investment. This, Rivian's trash. Uh, Ford dumped 8 million shares of Rivian because they're over it. I wonder when Amazon's gonna dump if they haven't already or in the in the process of it. But Rivian's gonna be they're not gonna they're not gonna be around. I'll say it right now. I don't think Rivian's gonna last. Along with a few others that like VinFast. That's another one like a Vietnamese company EV company I've been seeing at some of the major auto shows. They will also run out of cash before anything happens. Lucid I think's another one that won't last. It will run out of cash. I think the legacy automakers, especially once they start making their EVs, they're going to squeeze out all these startups. Um, the startups just won't have, not that the startups won't have cool products, they just won't have the cash to stay afloat, and investor cash is not going to be psyched about them just hemorrhaging money. Um, look what happened, like Ford, already over it, already out of Rivian. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Amazon is, like I said, right right behind the the... the uh, right behind them Meanwhile, Tesla's taking a shit. Like everything's taking a shit though. Everything's taking a shit. Who care? <laughs> you know, it's like it's not it's but again, I think I I've 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 said it a million times. Tesla's going to be be fine. It's a good time to buy some shares if you can. I'm not buying up Tesla right now myself. I have enough of it. I will get more if it keeps taking a dip. I'll try to make some extra cash to uh to throw at it um maybe some of this this ebay cash that's coming in will turn into tesla stock that's exactly why i sell my comic books i track them and see how much they're worth and past certain value i sell them because i'm like i can't justify having this much money in comic books knowing what it's worth in tesla stock or google stock I've said it all i've said it a bunch and I've, it's uh it's just true um so i, I might be making that decision but Dude, options, by the way, been getting into it. I've just like, just like with anything, consistency is huge, especially for options. I've been doing uh some paper trading every morning, been doing a couple of real trades here and there. I have a couple of, so I'm, I'm putting together all this, like there's not, I know people have been waiting for me to kind of put together like the Holly course of like how to study options and like the steps, uh, and I, like I said, I'm still like listing all those out, but also what I'm noticing is like, I kind of keep comparing options to learning a language where it's not going to be just one thing. It's going to be a a bunch of things like total immersion and learning from a bunch of different sources and a bunch of different things. But I will say first things first, if nothing else, learn how to learn what Japanese candlesticks are and learn, learn the patterns, learn, learn candlesticks and what they're on the terminology. Cause a lot of these like options videos and like discords or even like if you listen to the episode I did with Keanu last week, we, I'm sure we did it, but the, you'll find us the saying terms that we just assume, you know, just take for granted. And even like some of these like options course that are for like beginners, they'll be using terms where they're just like, Oh, this is just a basic beginner's course. And they'll just start talking about candlesticks. And I'm like, okay, people that don't know anything about the stock market definitely don't know shit about candlesticks. So, Learn that first, and I've recommended a book called Japanese uh, Candlestick Charting. I forget the exact book. If you send me a message, I'll send you the link on Amazon exactly. I've had I've known multiple people that have bought this book since I recommended it. I wish there was a way for me to get a kickback <laughs> because I'm an influencer for this fucking book. But it's really good. It's really good. Japanese Candlestick Charting Techniques, I believe is the name. It's like a textbook. Uh, but it's great. It stands the test of time. So learn that first and foremost. Um, and then from there, you can just kind of... That's where I'm starting to put together everything else. Like, okay, learn that and then go from this video, this video, this course, this course, this Discord. Um, so, and there's a lot of... Again, there's a lot of different things like we talked about in the episode last week with Keanu. It's just like how, you know, how bad do you want it? How quick do you want to make money? I mean, how how much... how how good do you want to get at it in what period of time it all just depends on how much you want to put into it um and so by the way i think it's funny keanu got in a little bit of trouble not trouble but uh someone got an i don't know if someone at work or like a student or a teacher someone someone was like annoyed that he did that episode because he was at work he was on his lunch break first of all lady or person i think it was a woman so i'm saying lady i don't want to just say it like i'm just uh just you know saying it because but it was a woman i know that much he did say some lady got pissed so hopefully that person's listening again so they can hear me uh make fun of them grow up (laughs) for one It, it always makes me laugh when things happen when like people do things that don't affect your life like, like, first of all, he did this podcast at, on his lunch break. It wasn't like he was leaving students to go, like, hey, guys, uh, just chill. I'm going to go do a podcast in the closet. That's not what happened. Um, he was on his lunch break. And I know that because I was in my car on the side of the fucking highway. Well, I was at an exit, like, a, a, you know, an actual, like, exit or whatever. But I had a Jimmy John's in my car in the parking lot. So we all make sacrifices here lady to bring you this content that you're listening to but complaining about when it's made so i don't know what that's about but grow up all right <laughs> um and maybe maybe we'll just we should we should do an episode of him recording while teaching just not even be like shy about it we'll like get some kids on the podcast too that'll make everyone happy Let's do that. That'll be fun. We'll do that for the next episode. It'll be Keanu and whatever class he's teaching will be the entire episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully you listen to that one. A lot of good stuff. So- we'll keep doing those, by the way. I'll keep doing those episodes with him because... They're fun. And honestly, I want to selfishly ask questions myself. Be like, oh, yeah, some someone asked this, but it's me, really. I'll just lie and say, oh, yeah, someone sent me a DM, but it's me asking an embarrassing question. So I'm definitely going to keep doing that for my own reasons. So we'll, we'll keep doing those. I also want to get some other guests uh, in the near future here. So keep an eye out for that, especially from the options world. I'm going to get a lot of people from that world that I want to talk to because um, it's just interesting. Everyone has different perspective. Everyone has different strategies. And there's so much to absorb there's so much so many different ways you can play stuff it's it's quite exciting Uh, that's kind of why there's like endless things to study Like, like it's just how much do you want to learn how what what do you want to do like what's your strategy what do you you know pretty pretty great um I've finished the Bueller course. I've actually done it twice. We talked about that on the episode last week with Keanu, the Bueller buys course. I'll put the link in this episode. I do believe there is a discount code for our group. I'll find that as well and put it in the link or in the, in the description of this episode. But I will say this, don't, don't buy that course. If you don't know anything about options yet, learn about candlesticks, then buy that course that will be in there as well, actually. So if you don't want to buy, Ooh, That's actually one thing I will say Uh, that Japanese candlestick book is really good, but the Bueller bias course includes a whole section about Japanese candlesticks and charting um, and patterns. It's towards the kind of towards the end of the course, which if there's any critique I have, you should put that towards maybe closer to the beginning just to like people for people who don't know anything about that. Uh, It's still in there regardless. And that course is still dope regardless, but So if you don't want to spend the money on getting the book and doing that course, you could actually just get it from that course. So up to you. The book will be more in-depth, but it will also be in that Bueller Buys course. So again, shout out to Bueller Buys on uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. He has a great course. It's a Discord as well, Uh, Bueller Buys. Um, check out all of his stuff. I p- I'll put the link to the course in this, uh, d- episode. I've done it twice through. I'm going to keep doing it. Learned a lot about from his course. Dude, learned a lot about like swing trades, different pat, different like techniques. He has learned a ton about charting in pre-market didn't le- Didn't realize how important pre-market could be for trading. Uh, just if you're doing like intraday trading, just day trades, seeing pre-market high pre-market lows, setting those for breakouts to the bear side and the bullish side, does a very good job of breaking that stuff down. Um, very in depth, very clean. Well, well, uh, uh, I don't know how to say like well-spoken, but just kind of like thought out, but just kind of like well, um, presented, you know, information like it's it's a lot and and options can be very confusing, but it's almost like those, I think I've said this before, but it's almost like those, uh, Those Magic Eye 3D pictures, I don't know if you ever ever could do those, but those Magic Eye uh, 3D art things, you'd stare at the page and all of a sudden it would just kind of like pop out at you. I feel like that with options a little bit, where it's like the more you just kind of absorb it and just look at it and take it in, the more things just pop out of the screen at you. And consistency is definitely huge. I've kind of made it like, since I don't have much of a schedule during the day, I, I mean, I don't have a schedule during the day almost always, so it's like it gives me a reason to get up. <laughs> it sounds depressing, it gives me a reason to get up at like seven thirty, eight a.m. You know, get showered, get cleaned up. I go to a coffee shop, kind of make it like my work, like my office, right? Kind of, and then I put in my headphones and I am on the Discord on Discord um, on the voice section um, in our Keanu Trades group every morning. That also helps hearing what the guys are saying, how they're trading. Um, and again, different strategies. All these guys have different strategies. I know, um, one of the guys has a strategy. He's talking about like this golden goose strategy, bro broken. I think is his handle. I know his name is Garrett Ryan. You know, I don't know if I want to say his full name, but <laughs> I've done it before where I'll be like, Oh, here's his so-and-so's name. And I just say their full name. Um, but he has, he's on our discord and he has this golden goose strategy that he's developed, and I'm gonna go through those YouTubes as well. I'll, I'll put those. Um, if you just look up golden goose, golden goose bro broken, I think is his channel. Check that out. It's a dude from Jersey. He was actually gonna he was gonna come to one of the shows I was doing in in uh in New York, but I think his wife got COVID or something, and he wasn't able to come out when I when I was doing the show at the uh, the rooftop show. On Fifth Avenue. That was super fun. Um, But, anyways, I digress. Check that out. Um, But yeah, all that stuff together is what's going to help with options, not just the one different thing. And also realizing, I think this may have been him that said this the other day, or uh, Carrie Trades, also in our group, one of the two, just kind of saying how, like, a lot of these options traders and investors talk about how, like, they have this, this, they, they walk around like trading is the hardest profession. Like, Oh, this is so difficult. Like it takes a certain level of, you know, takes a certain person to do this and it's not easy. I never can do it. And, and he kind of makes the point of like, this actually is super easy if you're just disciplined and you follow certain things and you learn certain rules. And then we kind of started talking about how like, that's why robots are the best traders. That's why algorithms do all the trading for the hedge funds. Robots are the best traders because they have no emotions and they follow the rules. You know, that's what a lot, every discord or every different options course or every option like Twitter account, they all, if there's one common thread, they all talk about having a plan for your trade and following rules and being disciplined. That's one thing I will say when I first started paper trading and first started messing around with options. I was kind of just shooting in the dark, kind of just playing on hope, and hope is the last thing you want to be dealing with when it comes to options. You're know, like, I hope it goes this way. That's you're a dead man walking. Hope is for hope is for suckers. You want to know, or at least have a high probability of knowing. And so now, when I do a lot of these trades, and I think, I, and I keep track of all of them now, I keep track of like what what trade I did, when I made the call, what I, what what was the gain, what did I make on it, dollar amount and percentage amount was I right? Was I wrong? And I think I have like a, just over an 80% hit rate for the last like two weeks. So, and that's because I'm following a lot of these rules that are laid out in these courses, stuff that I've learned where, you know, I'm not, I'm not guessing on these trades I'm like doing, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this because I have confirmation here, here, here. And I, this could go against me, but there's a very strong likelihood that it's going to go in the direction that I want it. And that's being reflected in the hit rate that I'm getting. So, um, I don't know if those dings are coming through on my garage band text messages to my computer. Um, so, but that's, that's kind of going in with that. Um, you know, the theory of like just following, following your rules, following your trades, having a plan to enter and to exit and Bueller, in his course, he recommends doing like 50 trades, do 50 trades on paper before you trade for real. I think we talked about that in the last week's episode as well, where it's like, I, I, again, I I think it's just so funny how much like investing stock market options, all is similar to comedy or doing stand up. where it's like, you can read about it, you can do this, but you don't learn. You just got to do it. You got to do it. You got to learn. You got to trip. That's where you learn. And it's, it's just like, it's, it's crazy how similar it is. (laughs) It's funny. Um, and I don't know, like both rewarding in different ways. I will say like nothing to me is still like having a good trade. is rewarding for sure. But like, to me, nothing is still as nothing is as great as like having like new material work on stage. Uh, but I also haven't had like 5,000, $10,000 trades. I would imagine those feel similar. I would imagine those feel very similar to having a good set of new material work for the first time. I'm going to go ahead and, and put that out there to the universe and manifest that because that's incoming. we got some good gains coming now, but the big ones are coming. Start off small. And that's the thing. I've noticed this too. Like a lot of uh, people preach this. And I know Keanu does as well, where as you start with smaller accounts, like if you start with a smaller amount of money, as you get, more and more capital to play with you just do the same plays with more contracts. You don't have to change shit. You don't have to be like, okay. Now I have more money. Now I'm going to do Amazon contracts versus spy contracts or Microsoft. I've been doing Microsoft contracts a lot, to be honest with you. It's like they got good volume. The contracts aren't crazy expensive because like Amazon and Tesla contracts are really expensive. So you're spending 2000, 3000, $4,000 per maybe more. And so it's like, that's a lot per contract versus I can go to spy and spend a couple hundred per contract or same with square and Microsoft. So you can get three or four, maybe even five contracts for a thousand dollars and then scale out, scale in buy them as you know, as you're coming in, you can buy them up, all those kind of different tricks. Um, but anyways, as you're, as you're getting more money, doing the same stuff where it's okay. Instead of buying five contracts, now I'm buying 50. I just have more capital. But the rules are the same. Now you're just swinging more money. So you're getting more gains. but you I mean, you're leveraging more money. But you're getting to get more gains consistently. And if you're getting those those same hit rates, it's, you know, it's fine. So it's quite exciting. And like Keanu said in the episode last week, like once you realize you can print your own money, it's kind of like, oh, shit, I'm diving all in. And I kind of been feeling that more and more as I, as I'm trading more, as I'm getting up. Like it's kind of like, okay, and again, I've said this ton times, time again, like the last, since I've, been, since I've been studying options this year, I say it almost every, every week where it's, it's a great distraction from what's going on. Yeah. Markets are tanking, but if you can play options, I do calls and puts during the day, depending on what's going on, you know, there's different ways you can still make money. And then, yeah, as you get some gains, then buy up some long-term stuff because things are taking a big hit right now. But what a great way to make money. To raise capital for long-term investing and to distract yourself from the news that's going on right now, because I'm sure there's all sorts of different think pieces and uh, articles and financial news saying this is what's happening and here's when it's going to turn around. And blah. But who gives a shit? This happens. We've it happens time and time again. Happened in what eighty seven, two 2000, 2009 nine, two thousand twenty. Now we're here we are again. Um this isn't as sharp of a crash or correction, but the way it's playing out, it's being almost just as bad. Like there was I think I was reading something where it was saying like we've already wiped out more market cap than the entire dot com crash. Now that's also a little bit easier to do because we're 20 years past that and we have a lot more money at play but still it just goes to show you just how steep this correction has been. And so you know, I think there was actually um I want to say this is one of the worst starts of the S&P in history. Let me see if I saved this. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, the S&P 500 is down 16% in the first 88 trading days of 2022. The second worst start to a year in history. (laughs) Uh, And if you want to guess what the other worst start in history was, anyone out there want to take a guess? Well, uh, you can't really tell me, but the other worst start was 1932. Right during those old depression years. So that's fun. Good to know that we're like right there. 2022 down 16.3%. In 1932, that was the first, that was the number one worst uh, start to the S&P, 26.6% down the first 88 days. So quite a bit worse than now, but we're, I mean, not good. Um, Again, this is a stat I threw out last week. From that day 89 to year end though, more often than not, significantly better. So, if you are, if you're not, again, like I, to reiterate, if you don't have a position in the stock market in any, in any regard or any capacity, this is the time to come in and say, Hey, I'm going to make a little position here. Because even if you just came in, shit, based on what that says, based on history, you could just come in and buy some shares now and dump them by the end of the year. Oh, this is crazy. While it, wow. Wow. As I was bringing up that stat, Keanu actually just texted me <laughs> that same screenshot. It's actually an updated one for 90 days. It was, the same, it was a Twitter account that it's kind of shared the same thing. So here we go. I'll give you the updated one in real time. He just sent this like a couple minutes ago. This is the second worst start to a year from the SP 500 in history, down 17.4% for the first 19 days. So I said, what, 16 point something? Now it's at 174 So we're getting there. We're getting closer to the 1932 numbers. We're now at 17.4 versus 26.1. So we've closed the gap quite a bit (laughs) from day 88 to 90. Lovely. But again, buying opportunity. I keep seeing that Warren Buffett is beating everything now. Where it's like, oh, Warren Buffett's, uh, everything's down. All these tech stocks are down, but Warren Buffett's up. Who gives a shit? And be salty about Warren Buffett. He didn't buy anything, but all he did was buy Apple and didn't do shit. He he's also like, yes, he's been very careful, but at the same time, he didn't make any money during the COVID like boom. He just made all that money by coming in like waiting, basically waiting out. Just was patient as shit. He essentially waited for two years to buy up stuff, and now is pay- reaping the benefits. When in reality, he could have bought some shit up two years ago and sold and made some money, but whatever, Hey, his strategy works. Um, this I thought was interesting. I saw this last week, Citadel big, you know, dirty hedge fund. The one that was involved in a lot of stuff with the AMC squeeze, uh, famous investor, billion investor, Ken Griffin. I believe he's the richest man in Chicago, uh, runs Citadel. Uh, But anyways, their flagship hedge fund rallied 7% in April. And if we remember anything, we know how bad April was. And brings our 2022 returns to nearly 13%. So they rallied 7% in April and they're up 13% for this year. I wonder if Citadel knows something. I wonder if they've been cheating. You you think so? Markets are down God knows what this year so far. And uh, Citadel's up. 13% 13% let's just do a quick check on what markets are doing as far as uh, what their year-to-dates are let's just see year-to-date the Dow Jones is down twelve point four percent the S&P is down seventeen point four percent and the Nasdaq it's get ready for this one I knew this one was gonna be rough the Nasdaq is down twenty seven point three percent year-to-date that's crazy but with all that citadel's up 13%. Again, just goes to my to my one of my favorite principles, big money doesn't doesn't lose, follow them and uh and win. But to be honest, when I see that shit, that's not even like you can't even really follow that because nothing's been winning in the during these times, but basically they're making money on options. That's an options, that's some soft option shit they're making money on. I'm sure they made some money on some energy plays and things like that. But they're definitely uh that's definitely got to be some options money that's bridging the gap. Because what the fuck went up in April? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing that's worth of significant holding. I mean C- Citadel is one of the biggest holders of Airbnb. Airbnb took a massive shit this last month. So, I don't know what they're talking about. But hey, they're just living our dream inside of trading, baby. That's where we want to be, and we'll get there. We'll get there, and in the meantime, we'll uh we'll do options day trading to get on the way up. Um, but I think that's about all I got for this week. I think that's all about do it. Um, yeah, we'll get this one out. I'm traveling this weekend, going to Kansas City. If you have any recommendations for food or barbecue, let me know in the next like two days, uh, so I can go get it. I don't think I'm going to get anything other than like, I want to get some, maybe some good wings. There's got to be some good wings in Kansas city, but i will find some good chicken wings, but if not, it's a barbecue town. We'll get some Kansas city barbecue and, uh, that'll be that more on some options. I'll be, I'll continue to be doing, um, the option stuff. If you're in the discord, I'm going to keep hopping on in the mornings. I don't know if that's a, I don't think that you can get on there if you don't have a paid subscri- subscription though. Um, but if not, we'll have to do a Twitter spaces then or something as well. I'll bring that up to the gang. But either way, consistency. If you're getting into options, keep studying. I'm going to keep talking about my journey, what I've been doing, and the tricks that I have. Um, but yeah, I will say, if nothing else, to start, get Learning Japanese Candlesticks, Bueller Buy Course, and a bunch of YouTubes I can send you from there. But that those will keep you busy for now. Bueller Buy link will be in this episode description. I'll also probably throw my Webull link in there. So if you don't have a brokerage account or you want to start another account, use my Webull link and get free stocks because that's the way to help support this podcast. It's my own makeshift Webull sponsorship where I put a link and you fund an account and we both get stocks together. We win. They always say you get like stocks value between like, like stocks value between three and $300. I don't think I've ever gotten a stock worth more than like four dollars but they'll give you like five at a time or more so it's like i always say it's like 20 bucks it's around that every time for both like for me and the user so whatever it's just it's an ins- insignificant amount of money but hey whatever it's free money <clears throat> um and one of these days they'll give me that like, 300 dollars stock i think one time i did get like a 20 dollar one and i was like ooh, big boy but <laughs> really there's like three four bucks so but hey whatever it's free money and uh, when money's catching on fire like it is now, we'll take what we can get. So, whatever. All right. Have a good week.